just a bunch of witty banter. Good play, Papa. It's banter time! And we're here. Welcome back, everybody. It's Witty Banter, episode number 19. 19. We're getting up there. We're starting to get out, out of the teens. Out age. of the teens. We're almost, we can almost drink. <laughs> oh, we're so close to being a legal podcast. I can't wait. That'll be the day. It is April 10th? No, 9th. I think, no, it's, it's the 10th. April 10th, Thursday. It is. 5.58 p.m., mm-hmm. and um, we're here to do this thing. We're sitting here in my room again. Clear, beautiful day outside in Austin, Texas. It's been a great week so far. You better en- weather. You en- better enjoy it, because you know like two weeks from now, it's going to be 100 degrees <laughs> for the rest of time. Yeah, right now is like where I like it. This always happens. I'm like, dude, the weather's so great, and then I just, you forget you live in Texas for about five minutes. <laughs> do you see that towel hanging on that tree? Dude, that there? towel has been there for like... <laughs> Since I moved in, it kills me. We're, like, me. staring out the window right now, and there's such a random bath towel. Like, yeah, well, there was this, like, massive party there. one night, and I woke up, and the towel was in the tree, and it's never come down. <laughs> and then ever. you forgot that you left your friend on the roof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've been a big drug-filled days ever since trying to find him. <laughs> I'm talking about this roof then. Okay, so, um, welcome, everybody. Thanks for checking in. We just pretty much uploaded the last episode, actually, today. I think that, like, today is us getting back on track on time. Right. You know, like, getting on schedule. So, you could potentially double up on episodes. Yeah. You're going to have them bing-bang right at one after the other, you know? Two uh, possibly very good brews in a row. Exactly. Which reminds me, did you say brews? Uh, yeah, I meant beer, but uh, sometimes those are good words for each other's synonyms. Well, I just had a great idea. What if we drank a beer on this show and reviewed it as we podcasted? And then, like, gave a number? We could put a number on like it. Like, by the end of the show. Let's do it, okay. dude. Well, let's do that. Well, what beer do you want to review, then? This uh, is a great idea. Well, we got to keep know, it rolling. You know, it's weird, because we actually went and got beers before this. Oh, that almost makes perfect sense. Beer of choice for me. It's right. going to be Samuel Adams' New World. This, okay. Yeah, and we, we hinted last time that this is the one that we were going to drink. We we kind of picked this one because, A, the bottle looks awesome. Mm-hmm. It, the bottle almost looks like a barrel with, like, a freaking neck sticking out of it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of pricey. Yeah. And we saw Samuel Adams, and we read the description, and we're like, this sounds delicious. Let's see if this big brewery that is, you know, associated with mediocre beer can come out and well, come out swinging. Is, I don't even know if it's really really associated with mediocre beer. I, re- I just want to form my own opinion on it. That's and I true. feel like this will be a good way for me to be like, okay, maybe they're legit, maybe they're not. Yeah, but you know? this is definitely like a specialty thing for them. It's not like their everyday Samuel Adams brewskis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is a nice. It's not their uh, Boston. This is a lager. bomber, so they're, yeah. they're probably it's probably going to be a little bit more crafty feeling. Uh-huh. Than, I think they're trying to capitalize on that whole wave. Okay, so underneath the title "New World," it says it is a golden triple with notes of spice. And tropical fruit. Oh, dude, you know why I just got real excited? Why? Because under that, it says 10% alcohol. 10% alcohol by volume. They're even starting right just by having it on there. <laughs> yeah. Let alone being at the top of the range. I like what you're beers. doing, Sam. So there's, I mean, as far as A, aesthetically, I'm already getting a bone. <laughs> yeah, all right, cool. But, uh, yeah, so. There's, there's uh, a know. big description on the back, so if you're going to read it, try to get just to the um, where, where it starts with its pale golden just color. Just the first little paragraph. Yeah. It says, with its pale golden color. And uniquely refreshing taste, this big, flavorful, and complex brew has a subtle herbal hop character combined with the tropical fruit and spice notes of its special Belgian yeast. 
So another reference to yeast as uh, same as the last one. So maybe you know, maybe it's in wine. Yeah, a lot of um, like whenever you see Belgian you, or Hefeweizen, you're typically going to get that yeasty, bready flavor. Okay. So I just poured mine up, and um, pretty unfiltered. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's it's halfway between like a golden and like a amber in a way. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the last beer we drank was like super yellow gold. This is like a brownish right. gold. Right. It almost looked like a light beer last time, mm-hmm. but yeah. so this one's a little little more orange. Orangey, yeah. It's very orange actually. What would you say about filter? I'm gonna give it like semi. Yeah. Like, like I can medium. see my hands through it if you look at it, but it's not like clear. It's pretty. It's pretty cloudy. Yeah. Um, and, and with like a light brown head, mm-hmm. not like ah, I mean maybe like a creamy white. Head, not mm-hmm. not pure white. Um, My head was nice. I know you poured up a, a kind of a big head, but mine was good. Yeah. So I can't blame the head. <laughs> Give it a whiff. Give it a smellsy. I'm gonna keep pouring. Okay. Um, what you getting? I am getting the fruit uh-huh. a little bit. It's coming through. Um. <laughs> Did you dive in again, dude? God, you <laughs> snorting up the beer all the time. <laughs> I'm just unprofessional. Dude, that smells good. You, yeah. It's got hop in it, too. Yeah. You can smell hop. So, yeah, the first thing I get... Really? I can't even remember getting hop. Really? Not I, yet. Mine's... It's very light. or It's not, like, punching you in the face, but it's there, in my opinion. Okay. So... I think that it has kind of like a... Uh, I mean, it's very clear that I think it's going to be a sweet beer with this high alcoholic content, right? It is. I just took a first sip. Okay. And, uh... It is like you can taste the sweetness. The mm-hmm. sweetness is there. It's not overpowering. Um, as far as like spiciness, it's almost like the front of your like the forwardness of the beer yeah. is spice. Yeah. The like middle effect of it when it's on your tongue is more of like that the, fruit kind of a little bit of fruitiness. And then as it finishes is when you get like kind of the sweetness. And it actually finishes like fairly crisp. I'm not gonna say like super. Light, super crisp, like it just goes away immediately, but it doesn't linger for too long. Mm-hmm. It lingers I a little almost bit. zero hop in this. I just smell the hop, really. Okay, yeah, because it's not bitter by any means. Because I think it even says that it's dry hopped, does it? No, it doesn't. Okay. Um, I'm not really smelling... According to my understanding, you told me right. that dry hop means that it's going to come through more in the, the smell of the beer as opposed to the taste, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. So... I'm not getting like a malty aleness from this at all. I don't get malt. Um, the smell for me right now is pretty much exclusively um, hop. I've maybe a little bit of that spice is coming through when I, I feel like I get yeast in like even just the texture of the beer, kind of. Okay, just, just like a little bit because it is a little thicker. Isn't yeah, it? it's it's thicker, um, but it's good. It's definitely. It's definitely drinkable. This is I think. super drinkable, dude. This is very... surprisingly again. Yeah, I've been really surprised. Especially the last two times, by getting these beers that we thought were going to knock us on our ass, and they end up being just like delights. You know, they're they're like these, they're like they 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 put on a a uh, you know like a suit that says, "Hey, <laughs> I'm, I, here to... I, I'm I'm here to fuck shit up." <laughs> but then you actually meet them, and they're a nice guy. Like, hey, look, you just got to get to know me. Everyone calls me a douchebag because I got my hair a douchebag. <laughs> These beers are good guys. But no, I just mean it's drinkable by, like, I can take a big old gulp of it, and it's not going to make me, like, tense up. I just, like, I, f- I drink it, and that's it. Um, I feel that. And even when I get when I get the big gulp, that's when I think a lot of the comp- complexity of this beer comes through the most. And there actually is, like, a, a couple things going on with it. I really do feel like the majority of the flavor is the spiciness going forward. And I don't know what that spice is. Not, like, pumpkin spice. Maybe, like, a nut- not even nutmeg, but, like, maybe... 
I can't put a I can't put a name on it. Right. I mean, but that kind of like field of range, yeah. you know. So okay. that's hitting me first. I think the hop is actually coming in a little bit on the after effect because once I breathe out, it's kind of going through my nose again. Mm-hmm. And then it is sweet. Uh-huh. And um, like we were cautious on the last one, hopefully that sweetness doesn't overtake it as it becomes warmer. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen on the last beer either. Right. Um, so right now. I I'm- think this is drinkable, but for some reason I'm inclined to not say that it's like real smooth for some reason. It almost it is kind of uh, carbonated. Yeah, it's very. It, I, that's what I was gonna say, but I didn't want to say it. Yeah, it's very because it, it's, it's like duh. But. Right. Well, no, no, no. Like depending on how long you let something ferment and then like sit. Uh, what is it? Maybe maybe after it's done fermenting or something. I don't know. Like, I feel like I there's let a carbonation it, phase. I feel like I let yeah. I feel like I let it like sit on my palate, and then as I start to swish it to swallow it, it like carbon just hits the top of my mouth. It's yeah. Kind of weird. But overall. I think I'm I'm ready for this to open up a little bit and uh have that alcohol kind of seep into the into the flavor a little bit more. And into my body. <laughs> yeah, feel a little loopier. Right. Uh well fuck man. Before we dive right into this, any housekeeping we've been up to? What's going on in Hunter's World? Uh I just got a haircut. Oh, it's looking you know. spiffy. Well, that shit was getting long. Yeah. Well, I, I kinda wanted to keep it long. I think they mm-hmm. cut it a little short for me, but Oh, uh, it'll grow back. You get, <laughs> dude, you always go a little bit shorter than you want. You yeah, know? of course, yeah. But otherwise, I mean, not really. Uh me and Chase like finished out the last duties to to get our house in line for next mm-hmm. year so that's first, all taken care first of first month's rent is paid baby mm-hmm. so other than that i'm pretty straight man I don't dude know i don't know on. um have you ever heard of the card game magic yes in fact when we went to the gaming convention that's what they were playing in that little middle area probably, yeah right? so i was talking to my friend chris and i was like we need to hang out blah blah and we got <laughs> onto the subject of magic he's actually played it before and I've played other, like, battle games with cards, mm-hmm. and I, like, I enjoyed them. They're nerdy as fuck, but you have to get over that. And just... Right. And anyway, I actually went and got myself a deck, dude, and I played it for, like, four hours at his house. Mm-hmm. And it is fun. <laughs> the worst part is, though, is, like, I got to find people to play with now, which hopefully won't be hard to do. Yeah. But, like, dude, I'm telling you, maybe once we live together, you can get yourself a deck, and we can just leisurely play it. I'm down, It's dude. tight, man. I mean, we're both down for nerdy things. The you lore. Know, ler- dude, nerdy indulgences. Yeah, the lore behind it is, like, what got me into it. Really? Dude. Okay. Like, um, is it kind of, like, Yu-Gi-Oh-y kind of? Yeah, I mean, whereas it's, like, high fantasy. I've done a Yu-Gi-Oh game before, and They're I think. fun, right? Yeah. yeah. I had somebody, like, lend me their cards for a game. Yeah, Magic seems, like, to be in that super high fantasy world where it's like elves and ogres and all that shit. I don't really like that, to be completely honest. Right. That's not what draws me to it. But there's also sides of it that I thought were really cool. Mm-hmm. And um, well, cool, man. That's that's been your most recent. Yeah, this that's what, I, what I've been like, kind of into this week. Oh, cool. Looking up magic stuff. Chase's most recent obsession. <laughs> yeah, we should just do a segment called Chase's, Chase's obsession of the week. Dude, I'll take that, man. I'll do that. <laughs> Down. Okay. All right. Well, man. awesome. So you ready to go ahead and dive into the the banter? Mm, yes. All right. Well, um, let's get started. This is witty banter. All right. Uh, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, I can go first if you want me to. Okay. I, I got an idea. How about you do both your quick fires? I'll do both my quick fires. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah, I'm sure. You do that. Oh, I'm sure. So my quick fire number one. I hope that this is not yours because it's been a fairly big thing to come about in yeah. recent news. Yeah. Stephen Colbert. I knew it. I knew it. Damn it. I knew it. So Stephen Colbert. It was my number one also. Going to Dave Letterman. Dude, I can't show. believe that. I was honestly, the first thing I heard when I heard that was that he was a front runner. 
Well, no. When I heard that he was going. Okay, yeah. Was. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, one, the Colbert Report is. It's going to die. One of my top three favorite shows, comedy shows, on TV at the moment. There's Absolutely. like There's, like, South Park, Colbert Report, and, like. You know, it's always sunny. Those are like my favorite ones right now. Yeah. So it was really bum. It really bummed me out. And plus, it was like a way for me to kind of keep up with news, even though I just made fun of it a lot. Like I kind of kept up to date. Dude, that's better than nothing. Though. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because I refuse to watch the news on a no- like a normal news circuit. So anything on TV news yeah. is like infotainment <laughs> in my opinion. It's a joke. So and they and they totally you know show that exactly through the show. That's why I love the show. <laughs> and, and, and it's so funny too because like all of the news outlets hate that. And so, oh, dude, and so they, like, did you see that? Nuts. Did you see that thing with cancel Colbert? The hashtag cancel Colbert. What? When did that happen? Apparently, like, apparently, uh, Colbert sent something out that was like the Asian community got upset with, and so like all of these news circuits, like CNN and Fox and all these places, people started putting out and like following on the bandwagon of hashtag. Cancel Colbert, which is so know, like, stupid. Because if anything, that just made like the Colbert show's ratings like yeah. skyrocket that week, <laughs> yeah. and just make more money. It was funny that week. He like uh, he interviewed uh, the creator of Twitter, and he was like, "So oh. you're gonna come out with a new application next, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's like this, this, and this." He's like, "So how will you use it to try and cancel my? Show? Yeah, how will you use it to try and fire my, my job?" <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. But uh, yeah, so he's gonna go to the Late Show. Replacing David Letterman. David, I hate David Letterman. I do by too. The way. That guy sucks. I, I don't think that he's funny. I've only watched maybe like two or three. The only time I've seen like the Late Show is when I was looking up somebody who I liked to get interviewed by him, <laughs> yeah. and he just made himself look like an ass because right. like he didn't even like you have. So he uh, interviewed Sebastian Vettel, mm-hmm. and I was like, dude, you could actually like ask, pick this guy's brain. And instead, he was like, so blah blah blah. I'm like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> you know, like you don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, and plus, I mean. Um, people that have, I mean, he's been around for 30 years, doing his show for 30 years, which wow. is more than any other in U.S. TV history. Really? Yeah. And so... Fuck you, David Letterman. He, uh, you know, he was known by people that, you know, were a, little, a bit older than me that I've talked to about him, and they were like, well, he's kind of known for, like, putting his own little political biases on a show. And I was like, well, that's really lame, you know? <laughs> so, um... Do you think that I'm not sad to see him go? I am sad to see it filled by Colbert because I want the Colbert report to stay alive and running, man. Well, there's two things to this. Like one, they can cancel the Colbert report, which I think they should do. Or they could try or to they'll f- just like replace get a replacement with, like, that host. John Oliver yeah. guy. Which could be fine. And at least we it's can not s- as funny. But... It won't be, maybe, but at least we'll still have like two of those types of shows back to back. Right. But also, man. Kind of getting getting Colbert out of the like Colbert rapport and let him like just grow in a different way through the Tonight Show. Right, is going to be awesome. I, I, I saw wait to I see saw the a direction. quote from from John Stewart about it because apparently he was like up for he was in the grabs as far yeah. as like people who could be on it, and uh, he was like, you know, I think that he he basically said I'm paraphrasing uh, the the article I read about it, but he basically was like, you know, I think that. Colbert kind of has like a different gear, like a set of gears that have kind of been untapped because of his narrow character mm-hmm. on his show. And he's like, I think that he's going to really be awesome as far as like finding out what else he can do uh, with his improvisational comedy skills. Yeah, because he's um, so fucking quick. Dude. And even Jon Stewart was like, I don't even think that I could, you know, really adequately do this job probably as well as Colbert is going to do. I, think, <laughs> I can't I think wait. That, yeah, it'll be cool. Like, I can't imagine a better person replacing him, but at the same time, 
it's really going to be sad to see that particular character. That persona. That persona not be around anymore. But he's also such a smart dude. He is. Like, whenever um, whenever he went to, like, the congressional hearings, mm-hmm. and if you watch, he kind of starts it out in his character, and he's just going through it. And about halfway through, he drops it. And really? Not even, like, on purpose. You, it, you don't think it was purpose, purposefully? That you... I mean, yeah, he, like, drops it because it's something he's serious about. He was talking about, like, uh, immigration and, like, that kind of stuff. And um, when he gets serious, you're like, this guy is fucking awesome. Right, like, yeah. one, he's a cha- he's championing what he believes in. And, two, he's fucking smart, yeah. you know. So, cool. yeah, dude, fucking props to Colbert. I can't wait to see what he's what he's going to do next. One more little one more little tidbit. Oh, yeah, go ahead. He, uh... Colbert Report had been nominated for 27 Emmy Awards. Holy shit. Over the lifetime of its show. So, how, how many has it won, do you know? I don't know. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> that would suck. Always nominated. At that point, that would, that would just be like yeah. political. Right. Okay, well, um, would, oh yeah, it's, it's CBS signed like a five-year um, contract, five contract with them, and it starts next year. 2015. I think that's when David thinks he's going to gonna resign right yeah so yeah. we gotta wait till next year but hey it's it'll be here before we know <laughs> colbert it. goes all right well i need to start grinding a gap in my teeth <laughs> <laughs> yeah i saw that quote <laughs> all right so that was my my first quick fire it wasn't even that quick i guess we both can share that quick fire or whatever. yeah right um my That's quick fire cool. number two was about tiger woods tiger woods okay yeah. what's he up to well i mean it's the fact that the masters has started today it's That's thursday right. right big deal Tiger Woods is not playing in this Masters. He's not in the Masters this year? No. On March really? 31st, he had back surgery. Oh, shit. And it's one of just this, like, accumulated, rolling just set of injuries that he's had over the past few years. I saw an article. That Wasn't his just, knee like, messed up the last his time? His knee was messed up. He's had, like, a messed up shoulder bone or sh- shoulder muscles, you know. He's, like, he's had a lot of stuff. I saw an article... And they basically just, like, picked out all these different injuries over the times that he's had, and it, like, right. filled up the entire page. Um, but I was kind of just, you know, hinting at the fact that, you know, it's a big deal that Tiger Woods isn't even playing in the Masters, man. It and, is, dude, because, like, with his whole, like, downfall, and you want to see him, like, really rise back up and, right. like, take a Masters. Well, the downfall was actually a little bit longer ago than I feel like we're giving it credit for. It was actually, like, I feel like at least two years ago. Dude, I thought it was even longer than that, honestly. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is um, – but, okay, here's here's my one, one like – I'm going to look into this, all right? Okay. Let's now, I, I could be just way off the mark here. But I remember back in the day reading somewhere that, like, Tiger Woods trained, like, super intensely. His bench press was, like, in the th- upper 300s. Yeah, he went, he went 305 for a while. Yeah, yeah. so he's, he goes hard, right? But at the same time, golf is not a very physically demanding sport. I'm saying is, dude, people play until they're like 60s, okay. you know, like it's, 70s. It, is, it doesn't uh, – it has a longevity as far as its lifespan, but I right. think that saying that it's not a physically demanding sport is not crediting it. It's like, well – After you play around 18 holes, you're freaking tired. You are tired, yeah. <laughs> Especially <laughs> if you walk. I think a lot of that is just the walking in the sun and the dehydration. Though. Yeah, but dude, swinging that golf club – a hundred and power me times or whatever a okay. day, you know. It's... Well, all I was all I was gonna get at is like with as as hard as he goes in the weight room and shit, mm-hmm. and as how young he is, truly. You wonder if it's him or the game. I or... wonder if it's him play, using like performance drugs, because uh... I know and like honestly, when I look at him, I don't think this, but I just know that a lot of like performance enhancing drugs. I'm not talking just about like steroids or anything, but like they put a lot of stress on your joints. Right. And it sounds to me like he has a lot of joint like in- injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would really suck if that's the case. Right. But, but have you ever really, like, watched 
in specific, like, really studied his swing at all. I it's mean, like the highest velocity and torque that can be mustered by a person, pretty much. It's really? like the most outrageous. Because he just gets to a point where it's so far back in his backswing, and then his 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 torso just like immediately rotates, and it's just like just whips you know, it. Just, yeah, it's ridiculous how much torque he gets into it. I know. I love watching when they like are on the masters and they mm-hmm. slow someone swing down and put like a line on the right. club head. You're like, dude, you made like a full <laughs> circle, man. That's insane. Yeah. And then uh, another thing I was going to mention about the. Uh, about the the masters is have you ever heard of Calcutta? Mm-mm. It is. I have not. It is a thing that's going on well, actually, in Austin. I think Calcutta is like a card game or something, but Calcutta in Austin for the Masters. It it is the this event that's held by SAE, which is a fraternity. Okay. And they host this thing, and basically people pay money, and they'll like. Buy out a golfer, and if that golfer wins, then they win the pot. It's just a big game. Oh, okay, I see. Right, and so if the if the golfer is better, they basically they basically auction these these golfers. So if the golfer is better, they're going to be higher higher for higher. So I had I had some buddies that threw in. They had like you know like eighteen people throw in together to get a twenty five hundred dollar golfer named Henrik Stenson. Henrik Stenson. Guess how much the pot is just for this this fraternity that's doing this local little gambling thing. Okay, well, it's fuck. under six digits, but just guess how much it is. Here's what I'm saying: is like there's a lot of golfers, mm-hmm. and if 18 dudes threw down 2,500 for one guy, mm-hmm. look, man, I'm gonna put like 60k, 93k. Holy for the pot. shit, so, dude! So these and people, one person's gonna get this, or they're gonna do like a tier. Well, like, okay, so say my buddies win, right? Yeah. They they threw in twenty five hundred dollars, and Henrik Stenson, who they bought, wins the whole thing. Uh huh. Seventy percent of the proceeds will go to the winner. I think like twenty percent goes to second place. Ten percent uh, goes to third. Place. Okay, so yeah. But you know, since you have eighteen people buying in to that seventy percent. Payout. Still, that's a they're six still split. Gonna, yeah, they're still, still a six They're still going to get like five grand a piece. Oh, my but God. It's like, well, that's good. Now I have something to root for. Mm-hmm. Henrik Stenson. Let's do it. Let's Actually, go, it's not five grand. It's like 28 grand. <laughs> or no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. 2,800. <laughs> 2,800. My bad. Did <laughs> like, you mean 93,000 or 930,000? That's nuts, dude. Yeah. So that that's just like, you know, it's reason to get you excited. Oh, about by the, the way, I won my tournament bracket. Oh yeah, dude! I feel so bad for you. I'm an idiot. Are you, I mean, you want to give a you want to give Max a little shout yeah, out here? <laughs> I mean, it's like I understand. Because Don't be harsh, but geez, I didn't buy in, so obviously I have no claim to the money. But let me ask you this: right, if in the middle of the tournament, if you would have asked Max, "Hey, am I considered in this thing? Am I am actually playing in this bracket with y'all?" Even if you hadn't bought bought in, would he have said yes? Like, consider, <laughs> consider for the money? Yes. I think he was said yes, and here's why. Because okay. I told him, I was like, does anybody know that I didn't buy in? Because, like, that's really the crux of it all. And he was like, yeah, Max Kelleher knows, who was the only person who was my competition. So it sounds to me like they were texting one night, and Max was like, Max Kelleher. <laughs> Max combo. Max Kelleher was like, dude, I'm just, like, super worried about Chase. He's like, yeah, I know, you should be, but don't worry, man. Even if he does win, he didn't buy in. Oh. If you wouldn't have said that, Max, I could have had, like, 500 bucks, man. But it's fine. Honestly, that's the honest thing to do. I didn't buy in. But, dude, how random is that? It I is fucking won. It's pretty crazy that you, that you picked the, 
Did you pick Duke and UConn to go to, or Kentucky and UConn to go to the I just picked Kentucky in the finals. I am, I am one, I'm a part of 1.2% of people in the entire thing that picked the, that had to happen. Okay. Which is crazy. And then you picked the winner, right? No, no, no. What? No, I had the, I thought you picked the final, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> that would have been 468 crazy. 468 people. Yeah, right. Uh, but, okay. It's still close. Yeah, so those are my two quick fires. Awesome. Well, we cleared up uh, my number one, so I'll go ahead into my number two. So according to internal documents, Apple is growing increasingly worried about its iPhone sales. So apparently, this is great. This goes right into my conversation piece. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Well, then you'll go next. Okay, cool. Um, So I think this is in light of a meeting that was happening since the 2014 fiscal year is about to come up. This is where these all kind of came into light. Um, and just since this is my quick fire to kind of really summarize here, they're basically concerned over the dominance of Android. Okay. Um, Android has a larger market share. Than and, and to be specific, what is Android? Where does Android stem from? Android is the operating system. Okay. Which is made by Google, I believe. Google? Okay, that makes I sense. I believe yes. Google makes Android. I think you're right. So all of our iPhones run on iOS. Of course. That's yes. the operating system. Well, Android is an operating system, but a ton of phones run on Android. It's okay. not like iPhone where only iPhone has iOS. Right. It's like Samsung. Everything basically. It's, you're, you're it's almost have, anything that's not Apple is – Not is, Apple or Windows. It's going to be Android. Yeah. And, and Windows um, operating system is really minute in the market. So it sucks. It's awful. <laughs> I'm just, like tiles. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Give me the tiles. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want the tiles. So um, they have concerns over the dominance of Android, which is a very likely con- like a, it's a it should be a concern, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they have concerns of their competition, how they have like drastically improved their hardware and their ecosystems. So whereas like the iPhone was really just like this this p- awesome piece of technology that hasn't really been touched for a while. Now it's more like these other phones are doing the same exact things. Getting a fast follower on a lot of different Yeah, and things. they and you know, you've got the um I don't think anything touches the Apple ecosystem where it's everything is so ubiquitous where like my I agree. Uh, even on my between my phone, my iPad and my computer, if I have a tab open on Safari, any one of my three devices can access that web page. It'll pull that tab. Right? Yeah. So, like, just just the combination of all of that and how everything flows in and out of its, its – I don't think so that there's well. a standard set better than that. Exactly. As far as, yeah. But all of these new – all this Android stuff is they're trying to get there, right? Mm-hmm. So that's worrying them. Um also, carriers, the people who sell the phones, are getting real tired of the high subsidies that they have to take on to sell iPhones because, honestly, like, actual iPhones are upwards of, like, $600 right, or $800. Yeah. <clears throat> you're getting it for 200 through subsidies, right? I, I suppose. I mean – So you're getting um, – um, I don't know who's paying the extra cost there. I don't know if Apple is paying – the subsidy to when you say subsidy, I mean, are you talking about like phone carriers? Yeah, the phone carrier is subsidizing your iPhone, so you can afford it. Basically, you almost wonder if they, I mean, if like they pay full price or they'll play, they'll pay like a market price. Which says, okay, say an iPhone's five hundred dollars, and you pay a market price, like the cost to make it is two hundred dollars. Right. So then they'll just sell it to you for like two fifty. And make like a fifty dollar profit plus get you on the line for yeah. a contract. Yeah, you know, because mo- I feel like Data most plan. of their stuff. Yeah, most I feel like most of their stuff comes comes from contracts. That's not true. on markup yeah, from the phones that they're selling. But even still, they're they're like carriers are getting like a little 
I, I would imagine maybe maybe the subsidy isn't as high on these other phones, so they're actually making more money off the other phones, even though their other phones might not be as popular as the iPhone. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true or not or right. whatever, but that's still a complaint that they're having, and that's something that Apple's having to deal with. Okay. And then the uh, third and final thing is like the head of sales at – I don't know what he's the head of really. It said on this – like the, <laughs> the, the, the article I wrote is really – He's just a big guy. Yeah, the article I was reading was really confusing. This guy named Phil Schiller, he was worried um, – he was watching an ad for like – I think it was it was some other phone before the Super Bowl. And he, he really was like, man, the iPhone is getting – its ass is kicked and even in advertising now. Cause like, I agree. You used to watch Apple iPhone ads and you're like, damn, I got to go buy that. And he even said himself that they're really having trouble nail – like quote unquote briefing the public on like what the iPhone is and what it does. Right. And, and to his – like to kind of defend him and, and the iPhone, I don't think all these new phones really – go out there and say, like, look how innovative we are. Look at what our phone can do. Mm-hmm. They they kind of have a few, like, um, gimmicks, gimmicks yeah. that they will advertise. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who advertise their phones or a lot of companies that advertise their phones get the brunt of their, like, I don't know, message just by shitting on the iPhone because it's so popular right. and so well-known. Right. And a lot of it is just like, let's just crap on them for a moment. Yeah. Which is easy to do because they're the biggest in the in Little ad hominem attacks. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so I guess to like kind of wrap this story up, I'm glad that they're worried. I think competition is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have seen a stagnation in the iPhone as far as like design goes. The design has largely been the same. Um, they had their newest rollout was iOS seven. I think iOS seven was an awesome upgrade. Like, I do too. I, it, th- I I'm happy with it. Yeah, it is. It's beautiful in my opinion. I think the way that the, um, that, that messages look Right. Uh, is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. And I think like the uh, the control panel that they introduce is great and just the way multitasking works. I think it's super user friendly. Exactly. And, yeah. and it's very intuitive. And I haven't used any other Android phones, so I don't really I can't like speak to that. All I know is I'm glad that they're worried and I hope that really lights a fun fire under their ass to to push because everyone knows that competition is great for business. Absolutely. And so there we go. So those are our quick fires. Mm-hmm. I guess it's time for. Do you want a halftime or do you want to go in a conversation piece? Well, how much? Where, where are we at? Where are we at? In where are you time? at in your beer? How about that? I'm like halfway through my. Okay, let's well, halftime it, dude. Okay, cool. We're 30 minutes in, which will be great. Oh, perfect, perfect. Okay. So, again, we uh, we do this regularly per show. We like to. It's honestly kind of like a beginning. A, it's a process yeah. that we go through this show because we like to. Get it right out the fridge and taste it then. Yes. And then halfway through, like a mid-conversation, oh, yeah, I have a beer. We need to drink this. <laughs> we try it out. We we taste it again. And at the very end, we give it an overall review. Yeah. So this is our halftime. Uh, no, none of the physical characteristics have changed of the beer. Yeah, it's still kind of media filter. Uh, but uh, it has opened up a little bit. Chase, what do you got on it? A lot of... The spice has really come through a little bit more to me. I can taste that for sure. And it also claims that it's oak. It's uh, oak aged. It's aged in oak barrels. And what does that mean to you when you? So yeah, that's what I was going to speak on when I first tried it. I didn't really come through that. And like I know when you get a really oaky wine, it's going to taste almost like smoky in a way. Right. And now when I think of that and I apply it to this beer, I actually do taste it. I get it in aftertaste, exactly. but not, not in foretaste. What I honestly think is like the oakiness kind of like encapsulates everything, right. which is perfect. So still when I – the first – like the initial forwardness of it is spice. The Like the thing that coats your tongue 
is a like a little bit of hop. Um, slight. Yeah, just very slight. And it's just like a thick – and that sugar really is what is finishing off Yeah, it me. comes through with But the it's sugar. not too sweet. It's sweet. It's not too sweet. It's not too sweet though. Right. But I will say like this beer is complex. It's like surprisingly uh, – It definitely is. I mean I'm, I'm having trouble even – getting like, like discerning yeah, yeah discerning when i'm it's a very complex beer but i will say it's not it's for for some reason it's not blowing my mind oh no right yeah. i i think i think it let's so last time we broached the idea of this would be a really good beer for this instance if you could give this one a particular scenario that you think that it would be good to to try this out this is a dinner drink. beer dude you think it's a dinner beer? Yeah, I think this would be really good to balance against other things because I do think this is a strong tasting beer. Like a like a steak dinner or not a steak dinner? Like maybe just like a hamburger, or whatever you're eating with your buddies, chips yeah. and queso. But like that that spiciness is really getting more. It's getting bigger as I drink it, as it opens up. It's a very spicy beer, right? And um, I think I like that it's not getting sweeter as right. It's going, which is. It happens with high alcoholic beers sometimes. But I think there's not really anything that's undercutting that spiciness. And maybe you're like a spice head and that's what you really like. And maybe it's not trying to have anything but that spice. But, you know, that's what I'm getting. And I get you. Yeah, it's almost like tingles my tongue. I agree. And when when you you say that, what I get is I wish it was a little less carbonated. Really? A little smoother maybe? Smoother. I, I I I wish I would hit it. And I wouldn't have to worry about like I feel like I drink it like and a then I burn. immediately think about swallowing it for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> okay. you know, whatever, like yeah, it's yeah. just like get it out of here. Yeah, it's like it's a carbonation thing. Interesting. Almost. Okay, so it sounds like the consistency is is like this is a good beer, but it's not like blowing our minds. Mm-hmm. But we're still drinking it pretty quick, right. and it's ten percent alcohol, and I'm feeling good. So. Oh, I definitely feel different than I started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so to the conversation piece. To the conversation peaches. To the. Con- <laughs> Conversation peaches. To the conversation peaches we go. <laughs> Watch out for the pits on those peaches. All right, Hunter, take us away, bros. Okay, so Chase just uh, kind of brought up this whole phone thing. And I found an article uh, that kind of enlightened me on Samsung's most recent strategy. Okay, like business strategy? Yes. And with that article, I wanted to kind of highlight an overall greater question, so I'll give that at the end. Okay, perfect. So the article that I read talks about Samsung recently announcing that it plans to open between 3,000 and 4,000 new shops (laughs) in India. Specifically, okay. Okay. okay, So Indians' population is it's like 1.5 over 1.5 billion. It's huge, right? 58% 58% of those urban, of those people are urban. Mm-hmm. And of those 58% of the population, they live in 6% of <laughs> cities that have over 100,000 people in them. So say that one more time. So okay, so you have 58% of the population is urban. They live yes. in cities. Of that population that lives in cities, there are cities that have 100,000 population and over and those that have 100 population, 100,000 population and less. And the ones that have 100,000 population and over take up only like 6% of the area of India. Okay. And it's like they have like I think 220 million people live 
in that area. So it's like a it's a very large area. But, but what they're starting to do is they're getting these three thousand, four thousand new shops in these places that have under under hundred thousand population. So they're trying to basically get these oh. shops to be in places that have less populous places, less um you know, less economical, you know, robustness. They're basically mm-hmm. trying to get it to the to the average person yeah. in India now. And so that's significant because they, they're opening them, their market by 150 million new customers. Right. So and, – and there are people that have been trying to, uh, you know, kind of survey as far as like do they think that they'll be buying like just the cheapest products that Samsung will have to offer because yeah. they're kind of lower income areas. Right. But there's actually, you know, some pretty optimistic reviews as far as them like wanting to go buy the 5S, you know, yeah. in, in areas that are, you know – not that populous. So I saw this, and I was like, Samsung, 150 million new customers, just boom, setting up some investment. Yeah, you got to think, um, 3,000 stores, think of how many phones they have to sell to keep those stores open. Right. To those many phones times 3,000, that's a huge new market. And I guarantee you they didn't do this just willy-nilly. Just yeah. Like, like, no, they oh, did we'll their just fucking... go over here. <laughs> yeah. There's what people here. at this place? So, like, they know that there's probably room for growth and room for profit. Even just to... If for nothing else, I commend them on their ability to try and get phones to people that don't have phones, which is awesome. You think that's their, like, driving motivation, though? I think that that's one of the things they can claim. I don't... I, I think their, their driving motivation is profit. Any business yeah. is, but... Well, if, I wouldn't if, say any business. If at the same time, any business that runs gets a profit. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there, there's definitely people who have profit in mind, but there might be some who actually, like, are a little altruistic. And right, right, right. But. but that's what I'm saying is, like, you, like they can at the end of the line, you have to have profit. Right, right, they have to have altruistic motives, but at the end of the day, they have to make a profit on it. But uh, this recently kind of allowed Samsung to capture the number one spot for phone shipments in the world. Interesting. And so Shipments. Yeah, and... I, I kind of looked at some other stuff, and the the question, even even kind of this, just the question that I framed the conversation piece for is, mm-hmm. is Samsung winning the phone war? And I looked at some stats on the Galaxy 5S. Okay. The Galaxy 5S has water resistance. Okay. It has a touch sensor, sensor which it followed from the iPhone 5S. It has a heart rate monitor. Which like you can kind of just like put your finger on and it like takes your heart rate by it. It has like a perforated back, a bigger screen, a better camera, and it's more customizable than the iPhone 5s. A lot of people say. That's what I've heard too. And so, Samsung's doing this with its phones, but then it's also incorporating its phones with this wearable technology stuff, and it's starting to kind of try and make this ecosystem among Samsung products a little bit more similar to what we were talking about earlier right. with Apple. Mm-hmm. And so – and even just recently when I look at advertising, I see these – I see a bunch of Samsung advertisements, man. <laughs> yeah. I see hardly any Apple advertisements <laughs> yeah. recently. And so I'm kind of just like even, – even when so I – let's, let's un- like let's yeah. unpack this. Okay. Let's unpack it. I really think um, that, yes, they are winning. And here's why. You think that you're just going to go ahead and say they're winning? Yeah. Okay. And here's why. Um, I don't think a lot of those, like, heart rate monitors or perforated edges or screens or whatever – I think screen size especially is a large, just preference-based. Right. I do not like big screen phones. Okay. I like the size of my iPhone. I really do. Um, 
as it comes, like, everybody does say it's highly customizable, right? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, if they're selling more phones than Apple, then what more can you really judge it on? Maybe mind share, like, who's talking about it more? It could be market share. But I will say, like, the majority of people, I feel like there has been a shift away from, like, oh, dude, you should get an iPhone because it's awesome, to when, like, if I have an iPhone and someone else has a Samsung, it's real easy for someone to be like, dude, fuck Apple. And even if they have no grounds to go on, that's still the general attitude. Yeah. And that's hard to, like, reverse. And even if I'm like, oh, yeah, why? And they can't say why, they still said it. Right. Um, now, when you say, like, they shipped this many phones, that's a very interesting statistic. And it's a statistic that a lot of companies like to throw out. Mm -hmm. And I know this because it's used in the gaming industry a lot. Yeah, and right? it's not sold. It's exactly. Shipped. Right. It's not sold. It's shipped. So, yes. But you can go ahead and assume that those will be sold, right? Right. So if there's demand, they're going to fill it. So yeah, I, I in a way do think they're winning and but even like have you do you ha do you know anyone that's talked to you about their 5S, about their Galaxy Samsung? Yeah, phone? actually Max Scott has one. Does he love it? He's like to me what I've gathered from him is what I can remember is it's the customizability, all right? So it's kind really? of it's it's making it more your phone than I guess the iPhone is. I guess I, for some reason I just don't give a shit about that. Well, see, to me, like, the customizability of the iPhone is downloading the apps you want and arranging them in such a way as the way you want them. Right. And I've done that. Mm -hmm. um, and he also talks about how I think, the like, when it comes to multitasking, like, going backwards in an app is easier. He, he listed some very, like, minute details, and I can't remember them specifically. But it was convincing? But when I, like, I remember at the time saying, like, okay, I can see that, mm -hmm. right? And I will say, when I see a lot of these tablets that show how you can multitask two screen like, two apps at once, mm -hmm. I wish we had that. Because that means I could, ha you know, I could have <laughs> the internet clutch. open while watching F1 or yes. something, you know? Yes. Which is really cool, and we don't have that. But... What I really love about Apple and what I always loved about them is I feel – and in a large way, it's like the two approaches to it. It's mm -hmm. the Android approach versus the Apple approach where Apple is almost like – in fact, let me put it to you this way. I'll use a city analogy, okay? Okay. Android is this sprawling population. A metropolis. Just this huge it's, – it's the whole city. It's the suburbs. It's everything, and it's getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> okay. But Apple built the biggest, most beautiful building in the middle of that city. You okay. Know, where there are products like – dude, I've had my laptop for almost seven years now, mm -hmm. and it's – it's just now slowing down. Like, it's lasted forever. And granted, I take very good care of all my electronics. Right. But, like, your iPhone, besides the fact that, like, every update is going – is optimized for the, the newest technology, so the older technology is, is going to run it slower. Right. You generally don't have to worry about your phone breaking from a software perspective. Any breaking mm -hmm. is, is going to be hardware where, like, maybe you dropped it and that fucked a wire up and that caused problems or yeah. whatever. Yeah. When it comes to their software, they're golden, right? And, I agree. And, and because their app store is so hard to develop for and they have so many hurdles that you need to jump through, which makes it harder to do, it also makes it safer. Yeah, less vi no viruses at all. Exactly. And But you could say that maybe stifles creativity – and you might see more creative things on an, on an Android. Uh, I don't. Well, that I mean, that is the other side of the coin. I guess if someone were to come at me with that argument, I would brush them off. 
saying that that stifles creativity. But here's why. Because I would rather have it safe than super creative and viruses. But here's what I'm saying is like if you're someone who's trying to make an app and you can't afford or you don't have the time to go through all of Apple's stuff – and you're actually like, you know, a, a good legitimate. a good person who's trying to make something that's worth something. Right. You can go ahead and just put that out on Android, you know. I guess. So yeah. it's maybe more of a minefield for the consumer, but it's easier for the developer. Yeah. So and, and and like another thing is, you know, I feel like I feel like the iPhone. If you think about technology, there there's these kind of graphs that they show in the business school of technology, and there's kind of like this really low start and it's when it seems like the information at hand is kind of topping out from the last technological change you know right. it's kind of like topping out and then there's this disruptive technology right and it comes along and it just spikes the technology curve and not only not only what is the disruptive technology but all the fast followers following that disruptive technology bring up this sort of like Really, informational uh, yeah. epiphany of okay. society. Almost. Really undergirded. Yeah, yeah. And then that tops out, right? So I feel like iPhone was like this disruptive technology. It made us realize how important having a phone. It was like, okay, before there was an iPhone, how much did you really care about your phone? I sent like maybe 250 texts a month. You sent texts. Right. You know? After the iPhone, it's a part of your fucking life. And, and I'm really a part of I'm, everything. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because I used like four years ago or six years ago, I would say like, oh, yeah, you think that's so great? They stole all that technology from Apple. And maybe they didn't steal it as in go in and use everything exactly. But every idea that smartphones are based off of came from Apple. That's and what that's, I'm saying. And that's not a – I really don't think that's valid anymore because we're at the point where we're at this like – Okay, yeah, yeah it's a, it's a staple now. It's yeah. how how things are. But you I get what you're saying. Like maybe maybe iPhone was the disruptive technology, and iPhone itself is like plateauing. That's what I'm thinking. Is like is I think that smartphones almost as a as a technology in and of itself. So all starting companies. to plat, plateau. Yeah, there's starting to be a technological urge and a demand for something beyond the smartphone and it's just like that's why i was kind of like dude because samsung's already getting on the on the wearable technology and i know apple is too google is too with google glass right but one apple hasn't come out with anything but samsung's just like taking like at first whenever they samsung came out came out with the watch yeah right? the pebble or like, whatever one, that's dumb it is because dumb. i'm not going to use it and two <laughs> it's too early and I still kind of think it was a little bit too early because they don't have any other competitors that are really trying to do it. So therefore, people are either just going to be like, okay, well, this is just some novelty thing or it's just going to be like, you know, done better by somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I almost thought it was too early, but at the same time... You want early. At the same time, yeah. You want the next thing, you know? And that's like what... That's what American, you know, gusto is about. It's like, I want to get the next... Yeah, I want to get the next thing out there. I agree, um, and you can almost like if you look at what the old iPhone, like the very first iPhone that came out, you look at what that was compared to what it is now. Mm-hmm. It's such a elementary version. Yeah, and you can say that about like a lot of the watches that come out and all that. And Apple has a watch in development. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. But like, I mean, that's a good point. I feel like they're. I feel like the watches are almost. Um, Shit, we're stagnating. What can we do? Uh, let's watch. make a watch. Yeah. You know, I think watches are dumb. I really do. Like, who? who... I think it would be cool if it wasn't a watch. Maybe don't you... call it a watch. It's not a watch. It's a. It's a, it's it's like a bracelet. 
You know, yeah. like almost if it was just like a bendable glass version of a phone that went around your wrist. I think that would be better marketing than saying, "Oh, it's a watch. That's really smart." You know, it's like ah, no, it's your phone, but you can wear it when you don't need it or like, something. I feel like when they say like a smart watch or something, they're like they're giving the forefront to the fact that it's wearable, mm-hmm. as opposed to giving the forefront that it's super useful and yeah. beneficial technologically. So don't call it like don't call it a watch. I feel like calling it a watch is because it, it's not a watch. Yeah, it's well, not a watch. <laughs> it goes around your wrist. It's not. A I watch. guess. Okay. So to wrap up this whole thing, why don't you answer the question? I said yes. I do think they're winning. Do you I think, think Samsung winning? is? Okay. Uh, I think that Apple again was the one that started allowing people to realize how important mobile phones, smartphones, all that technology is to us. Maybe not how important it is, but just like giving us the tools to make it important. Right. And then and then these other companies such as Samsung fast followed it, but then Samsung's market and just the size of the company itself is so big yeah. that they kinda are overtaking them right now. That's kinda what I'm all right. Well I agree, at. man. We're in we're in cahoots. Sweet. Brosive. <laughs> all right. So for my conversation piece, um actually went and and read a study that was done recently at the University of Oxford and the University of Rochester. And basically the study looked to find out what is the source of like aggression when it comes to to video games. And they kind of took the question of like how like violence in games, how people claim like violent games are going to make violent people. And they also wanted to look about how, like, when you play a video game, there's people who, like, lose their fucking shit, like I used to do back in the day. What do you mean, lose their shit? Like, scream at the television and throw their TV, like, out the window, you know? So, are you saying aggressiveness outside of the game itself? Exactly. You're saying aggressiveness that comes from the game. Yeah, that you're experiencing. Okay. And that really spoke to me because I used to just, like, get way too angry, right? I totally get you. Um, So, I got some bullet points here. They really wanted to see if, if violence in games like desensitized players and increase their actual stress levels. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is violence in general. So basically the study used six controlled lab. Excuse me. Jesus. (laughs) Jesus been, uh, drinking a little like a baby. (laughs) He's added something to drink. (laughs) So the study used six, (laughs) six, let me speak. Dang it. (laughs) Let me get to my peaches. All right. The study used six controlled lab tests where candidates had to play an increasingly difficult puzzle game. And that um, increased difficulty came from two different sources. Either they would increase the actual difficulty of the puzzles and how hard they were to solve, or they would arbitrarily make the controls to the game harder or less responsive, right? Okay. And so the ultimate findings that were when they would play all these games, and some of these puzzles would have like violent themes in them, and others were just pure puzzles without violent themes. Okay. The ultimate findings were that most aggression stemmed from the player's need to master the game controls. It actu- so it's like, this game is stupid. Yeah. It's not doing what I want it to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they found that the window for that was at least 20 minutes. Like, people would give around 20 minutes to, like, okay, I need to learn this game. And after about 20 minutes, they're like, dude, fuck this <laughs> shit, right? Yeah. So it sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, and, and like their their sub point here is that people really the biggest motivator was they wanted to feel good at the game, and when they couldn't feel good at the game, that's where feelings of aggressions really came out, and it, especially when the controls are what inhibited them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it would piss them off to such levels where they would ultimately spoil their enjoyment. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, the aggression would also result from players want to like their drive to actually beat the game or mm-hmm. to be the best at it. And whenever like the controls would inhibit them in such a way to, that they couldn't do that, it would really make them mad. So ultimately, the findings of this study were that like violence rarely incited ag- aggressiveness or mm-hmm. stress, and that the most of the stress came from the nonviolent games. It came from the game itself. It came from the game itself. So I think what they were trying to get at here is that you know because you play violent games doesn't make you a violent person. And okay. In addition to the test, they surveyed the 300 gamers that they had about the games that they played in the last month. And they were asked which games they had the most enjoyment from and why. And they're and just like the findings they had in the test, it all basically just said the most enjoyment came from when they were feeling good at the game. Okay. And thank gosh that that was the result. <laughs> yeah. Because that's exactly like my entire reason why I don't play multiplayer games. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually wanted to speak to that. Um, like for one, I think it's great that – People are, are really trying to put research behind the fact that violence in games doesn't create violent people because I think that's the dumbest cop-out ever. But I also want to talk about the fact that like video games are getting way too hand-holdy and way too easy because companies know that like if if someone if dies – If they piss you off because it's too hard, then – Exactly. If someone dies three times in your third level, then like fuck that. I'm going to sell your game and move on, and when I sell your game, someone's going to buy it used, and I just lost money. That's such a American like instant gratification kind of mindset. You think that's American or you think that's human? No, I don't think that's human. I feel like people didn't used to play games like that. I mean, that's completely true. Like, you look at, you know, like, <laughs> Mario is fucking hard. Like, all the SNES games... Anything that's, like, good is going to be hard, but that's why it's awesome when you beat it, because it's hard. And you just summed up Dark Souls <laughs> perfectly, my friend. But, I mean, like, yeah. I think that if I could point out a flaw in the experiment is if they would have taken people that were register registered mentally a little bit off, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. if they played it, and okay. they were, like, a little bit more aggressive than the average person, then maybe the results... Because I, I don't think that it's... I don't think that the whole debate is that violence inherently makes everyone who plays it violent. It's that it sets off people the wrong way sometimes. Not a per, not not people in general, but, like, a person. Yeah, and, but you also sometimes have to, that gives them ideas that they wouldn't have had before. But and, the general person they're talking about are like little kids, you know, like fourteen. Well, they don't want their kids to come up into a person, become a person like that, right? So then you have to say, are video games causing people to be like mal, like have shit wrong in their head? Because that go, wasn't the experiment. It wasn't the experiment, but and certain. So yeah, I see. Where, I see. Okay. <laughs> I, no, no, I see what you're I'm saying. I'm not trying to shoot on your piece or you your know, peaches, but get out of my peaches, right? Let me eat my peaches. <laughs> But no, I, I do – that's why I hate the debate though is like, yeah, sure, maybe you have someone who's a little twisted in the head who plays twisted games because it like gets them off in a certain sort of way. Yeah. But I don't think that playing violent games like garners these violent like children like people will like say. Like violent actions. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. I don't, I don't think it does either. I think that's totally overblown. I think there was actually – I honestly quote South Park. Way more than I should. Dude, social commentary, man. It's honestly one of the smartest comedy on TV, so I'm going to quote it again. There's this one episode where uh, – do you remember the murder porn episode? Oh, dude, so good. But, like, everybody had to learn how to play Minecraft, right? 
Mm. And um, he's got to learn how to ride a horse. Yeah, and uh, like it got to this point where uh, I'm trying to remember what my point was. (laughs) 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 The alcohol starting to play in a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, like basically, I think what I was trying to what I was trying to get at is that like it's not necessarily that the games themselves are making people do crazy things. It's that, like, the people had it within themselves to do these crazy things, and the games kind of, like... Bring that out? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we'll never... I mean, not we'll never know. I don't... Like, it's really hard to give a definitive answer. I do know that recently, uh, um, like, a very famous... I think he's maybe a congressman. I don't know. He's a very famous politician mm. who's famous for, like, denouncing video games very staunchly. Really? Okay. Just got arrested for corruption. And, like, the video game community community was like, yay! (laughs) Fuck this guy. Yeah. I mean, I really do think that once a lot of these people who didn't grow up with games are out of um, administration, whether it be in government or school systems or anything in general, once they're gone and it's people like us running it who grew – who were – games have become such a big thing, I think a lot of that argument is going to go away. Right. Um, But, I mean, I even get just, like, super pissed playing FIFA. Oh, exactly. Like that – like that – Enrages me, and that's your want to come out on top. almost more than anything. Yeah, that's your want to be the best, which is what they had in there as one of the biggest motivators for aggression. Right. So yeah, which I get all the time in like Halo or whatever. I would fucking lose a match, and I'm over here like painting. I'm like ripping my teeth out, you know, mm-hmm. that mailing, at the same, mailing them to Bungie. Yeah. So that, and at the same time, they never pass who I want to pass to. <laughs> that's controls. That's control. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's that's like, control. It's like, I'm like, why the fuck would you pass all the way across the field? There's a guy right there. So. Awesome. So that's all of our conversation pe- peaches. Peaches. <laughs> I did it again, damn it. Conversation peaches. <laughs> to make that a thing. I think you're just too drunk, yes. <laughs> Give me another Sam Adams, please. A new world again. Um. It's segment time. It is segment time. So do you want to do... This is... Hey, for anyone who listens, this is when we start having fun. Yeah, this is when the clothes We're like a few on. drinks in. We can start having some fun. We don't have to talk about... We don't have to talk about serious things. Real world stuff anymore. <laughs> this is where we get to be nerds. We're in Gaga land. So let's do it. All right, so do you want to do uh, Mary Boff Kill first? Mary Boff Kill? Let's do it. Mary. I didn't call Fanner. Let's do Mary Boff Kill. I honestly haven't thought. That's fine. Let's just do mine. Okay. Because cool. you got your thing next. Okay, cool. So, for those of you who don't know what Mary Boff Kill is, I'm going to give Hunter three women. Mm-hmm. Maybe even men. That'd be real funny. Please don't. Make you say, I want to fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. I'm not doing that on air. Yeah. So, I w- I'm going to give him three <laughs> women, and he has to choose to marry one, kill one of them, and bone the and last or one. screw. Yes. Yeah. Screw dizzles. So, Hunter, here are your three women, okay? Laying on me. Flo. From... From what? From the uh, insurance commercials. Uh, <laughs> there's been a lot of flows, actually. But, no, okay, okay. Excuse me, Damn Flo? It. Okay, all right. Uh, so, are you going to go on that trend? Oh, I'm going on that okay. trend, bro. Let's, let's bring Wendy. Wendy. From yes. the Wendy's commercials. Who is kind of cute. And the last one, I really had trouble finding any chick who sucked as much as these other two girls did okay. in terms of ads. <laughs> the best I could do, because these kind of annoy me, okay. was, was the Orbit girl. Like, got a dirty mouth? 
clean it up with orbits. The orbits. The orbits. Um, so, Hunter, out of those three girls, who do you chuck, fuck, marry? Uh, this is honestly pretty easy. It's easy? For me, yeah. Damn it. It's easy. I'm sorry. All right, fine. Lay it on me. Definitely kill Flo. Okay, why? Because she's fat and not funny. <laughs> she's fat <laughs> and not funny. Oh, the other man. girls are at least in shape. <laughs> oh my god! How are you in shape? <laughs> Fuck you, dude. No, barely in shape. Yeah, enough to hate these women. <laughs> Maybe on the in shape train by a thread. Okay, uh, so Flo's dead. But it's not about me. It's about the girls. Flo's dead. Flo's dead. I buried Flo. Mm-hmm. Um, I would totally bone Orbit's chick. I don't think I could live with a chick that had an English accent and always talked about orbits. Orbits. But, dude, she's the most attractive one out of all of them. I'm saying. That's why I would bone her. Okay. Marriage isn't about attractive. Yes, it is. It's part and that's a big part it's of it. It's, it par- it's part of it. Yeah, it's a Very minute, little. A little fraction. I would go with Wendy because she's got some burgers for days. <laughs> she can make me burgers all day. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, I didn't even think of that. So I'm marrying Wendy. That's brilliant. And I'm boning Orbit's lady because she wants me to eat some of her gum beforehand. Yeah, be like, I'll give you a dirty mouth, Orbit. <laughs> you have a dirty mouth. Yeah. Okay, well, that's been Chuck Fuck Mary. Okay. So um, that leaves... You're not going to do yours? You, you have to, to answer mine? the question. Okay, I got to answer the question. Come on, what is this? Okay. I'm going to kill Flo. That's a good choice. You know. Just fuck Flo. Like... <laughs> Nobody likes No Flo. one likes her. Your haircut sucks. <laughs> you might as well put the gecko lizard in her place. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to bone the Wendy's girl cuz she looks like she's of a comparable height to me. She looks like she would give it to you. Yeah, like the options <laughs> seem the widest in the situation, you know. Okay. And um Maybe, you know, maybe she's just, making she's just, making burgers one day, and I'm like, what's up, baby? And it just goes from there, like, sparks fly. Who knows? She gives me a bacon gas. I'm definitely going to marry Orbit's lady, because she's the hottest, and that is a lifetime of hotness. <laughs> Until you're 40. Jeez, <laughs> oh, Hunter. Sorry, I'm pessimistic. Really I'm depressed Might be, here. might be, might be. <laughs> and... Just because, like, everyone has this, like, little, like, oh, my God, dude, accents are so hot. Every other dude who meets my wife is going to be like, oh, it's a good, man. It's a good, it's a good reason. Okay. It's a good reason. So that's my shit. Cool. Which brings us to Hunter's final segment. What are we doing, Hunter? So what we're doing. Is it a game? It is a game. I heard it's a game. It's a game. We have to, we're, we're, we started to try and give a little tally. Right now, me and Chase are one-on-one. Yeah, we're one-on-one, man. So the game I'm bringing to the table today... Is hero is Yes! Hero. I knew it! I'm so excited! Throw down your sword and bend the knee. <laughs> Wait till you see my full power. Prepare yourself for a thousand fists. If no one else will do this, I will. So explain the rules of the game for those who don't know. So hero zero is basically when one of us goes and we... Go do some research on, like, comic book characters, and we see, like, which ones exist, which ones don't, whatever. We look up which ones don't (laughs) exist. (laughs) (laughs) But basically, we bring to the table a comic character, or just a hero in general, and we give a lot of attributes about this hero, we describe its past, blah, 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 and it is our job to either... If it's a real hero, make it seem so outlandish and ridiculous that it, there's no way it could exist. 
and if it's a fake character, to make it seem so real that it definitely exists. Yeah. So So I have to guess whether this hero that he's going to give me is real or not. And by real, we mean like published in an actual comic book. Yes. It, it, is, a, it is a legitimate character. Yes. So, hero, right. hero is zero. Let's here, do this. Here we go. I'm ready. So, facts about this character. <laughs> he is neither purported as a hero or a villain. Okay. Okay. He was a fighter pilot for the British following World War One. All right. Uh, his powers, a few of his powers that were listed, are he controls perception of time. Not actually time, but the perception of time. He's ageless. He has superhuman intellect. He has incredible charm. And he also can manipulate people's dreams. He received his powers. Dreams and time. He received his powers. Ageless. Through a transcendent dream that he had. And he discovered his powers whenever he was late for his wedding. And he was like super hungover. And he like went and found it. Went nice. To his he was late. Nice, dude. I like what you're doing. So, he's appeared in comics interacting with DC characters including Shazam, Atrocitus, and the Phantom Stranger. Do you want to hear his name? <laughs> See, like, when you said World War II fire pilot, I was like, maybe this is, like, some sort of, like, Red Baron type, like, fucking <laughs> spoof or whatever. So, yeah, I, I'm, like, I'm not over here thinking to myself, like, oh, I know who this is. This is so-and-so. So give me his name. His name is The Angler. The Angler. Why would he be called The Angler with those powers? Well, I think I, – when I, when I think that, I think it's more like – like he cons he construes people's perception of things almost. So, so like he can enter their mind. Like he can enter their perception of time. Uh, he has intellect. He has charm. He can kind of angle things in a way that he's a DC character. Oh man, he's been with Shazam. Like oh god damn it, Hunter. <laughs> so I'm like I'm over here thinking like what would Hunter like why would Hunter choose World War One? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like I wouldn't, it's like, it's the case. Like why would Hunter use the word transcendent? So oh god damn it. I just have to go with my gut here. I'm gonna say he's real. I'm gonna say the angler's real. Wrong. No! <laughs> yes, I totally did what I wanted to do. I made a character. No. <laughs> yes. The angler. <laughs> Tell me that's not a cool character. It's pretty. I mean, it's interesting. I'm not gonna like. Oh, fuck you, man! I'm so angry. <laughs> I'm so bitter right now. That's it. Next week, Hero Zero, round three. Throw down. <laughs> yeah. Well, fuck, man. Congrats. Two one, Two, me. one man. Two one. The angler, a transcendent <laughs> dream. I was like, what does that even mean? Because he had a dream and he realized uh, his powers, dude. All right, fine. We need to make that guy. We do. We need to go ahead and, <laughs> and like draw up his costume. Draw him out, dude. All right. Um. So that brings us to the mail. It's, it's, it's mail corner. I don't. Okay. I don't have cool. the mail actual actually pulled up, but I know we had one email today, and it was from Nick. And I remember his question. Do you want to pull it up, or oh, you remember his question? Yeah, I remember his question. Cool. So let's go ahead and head over to Nick's mail corner. And Nick asked us. So he was playing a lot of Fallout recently. And Fallout is known for having a really kick-ass soundtrack. It's like all these old jazz songs. Okay. That really adds the atmosphere of the gotcha. game. And he wants to know what is the greatest game soundtracks 
that we have like what what are our favorite video game soundtracks and in parentheses he said hunter um for you you can do like movies because you haven't played a lot of games but let me go first because i think Give me some time to think about it, exactly. and you can you can be my vamp until so I. So when I read this, the first like what came to mind um, immediately were uh, was a game called Fez, and Fez came out about two to three years ago, mm-hmm. and it had like a very just like synth synthesizer, just really cool, relaxing um, soundtrack. I I would listen to it while driving. That was really cool. Castlevania Symphony of the Night has a very gothic. Just organ-driven, really cool atmospheric soundtrack. You've got things like Halo 1, whereas the most iconic... Oh, yeah. like, that, that stuff, is, dude. I remember that shit right? like almost word or note for note. Yeah, and then you even have things like um, Mario, where Mario yes. is just like boop boop. You have boop, a lot to boop. choose like, from. You will never forget Mario. It's nostalgia right? out the butt. And last but not least, you have like Zelda, where Zelda. I, I was like, when is he going to say Zelda? Exactly, and and Zelda, like I think a large part of Zelda is the music, and it's almost built around the music. And in fact, every Zelda game except for like the last couple it's almost like okay what's the new instrument that i'm going to play you know it's not Mm going to be an ocarina it's going to be a wind waker or whatever it's going to be and then Mm -hmm. finally the last thing i thought of was like dark souls one where the boss music was really awesome but that wasn't enough to garner it does guitar hero count (laughs) i'm gonna say yes and here's why because you even have like tony hawk tony hawk was a lot of those games were just collections of songs right but they were some of the best playlists but that was a soundtrack i mean you get to choose the soundtrack of Guitar Hero. I think you need to look at Guitar Hero as a sound, as a playlist. Okay. And when it comes to a playlist, you have to look at it as a whole. I get it. Okay, so, cool. But that's, that's a really good point, though. Because yeah. that was a significant por- part of you and I's yeah, growing up. Yeah, especially your gamer career. Exactly. You know? Me too, yeah. So sure. when I come to my favorite answer, I think I really have to boil it down to Zelda and Halo. Okay, and the reason I say Halo is because, like, I would play the level Assault on the Control Room over and over again, and the one of my favorite part of that level was the music. But when it comes to Zelda... I thought you were going to say Zelda for sure. I am going to say Zelda. I'm going to say Zelda's my favorite soundtrack. From just the little blips and bloops, like, and, like, you open treasure chests... The, like, Girado Valley is one of the greatest video game songs ever composed. Mm-hmm. Every little, like, six-note diddly-doo you do on your fucking ocarina is dope. Zelda, Ocarina of Time is without a doubt my favorite soundtrack. Boom. Boom. It is written. It is written! <laughs> well, since he gave me the qualification, I'm going to take it. You know, I, I honestly can't... I feel like me trying to put my favorite... Uh, soundtrack on a game is like you trying to put your favorite helmet on a you know player of football or something. It's just, okay, yeah, it just yeah. seems really. I can't really. Buy I think you into can it do it much. though. Like, like Guitar Hero Two would probably be like if you did play playlist perspective. Like I thought that was badass. But as far as like movies go. Um, yeah, give us your favorite movie soundtrack. Well, I honestly do. I, as lame as it sounds, like it's so memorable and so good. Inception's Inception's little like, not even soundtrack, but just like the the effect of uh, dude use of their blonde instrument and the yeah. Those like started a four year cycle. Everyone's of those. doing that. Everyone every does it. freaking movie has the bronze. It was now. so impactful. Yes, like that trailer. You were like, oh my god, my heart has stopped. <laughs> 
So that was awesome. I think that my favorite like, Oblivion had a really good soundtrack. Uh, Drive had a really good soundtrack. But see, no, I keep never going. watched Drive. You need to see that movie. Uh, Oblivion was a game, right? No, no, no. Oblivion, the um, Tom Cruise movie we watched. Oh, soundtrack uh, was done by M83. It was really okay. good. Um, I think I think the soundtrack that honestly like gave me the most like chills was honestly Lord of the Rings. Really? There would be there would be some stuff. I, I really just like I can't even think of like a single melody from that. But it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the melody. It was a lot more like the atmosphere like okay, so this is one very specific instance and it's in Two Towers. Uh-huh. And it's where uh uh, the king, what's his name? The, the king from the two towers who, like... The king of Rondor, whatever yeah, his name is. the king of Gondor. Go- no, 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 Gondor. no. R- Rohan. Rohan, yeah. yeah. The king of Rohan. He, like, buries his son after coming out of his sleep. And there's this, brutal. like, there's, like, this really sad scene where he has to bury his son. And there's these kind of, like, epic, like, overtones of women being like... and even though necessarily it wasn't something that like i was like oh my god this is super badass it really like it really played into my psyche a little bit because i ended up making a few songs that had similar sounds in it yeah and so i just really thought it was really appropriate and i thought it was really well done for that movie and you know. All right, well, cool. Yeah. There you go. Lord of the Rings, Two Towers. Good stuff. And maybe Guitar Hero, too. <laughs> See, that's <laughs> bullshit. You know you would never take all those songs and just listen to them in your car. Uh, not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Materially, definitely. But uh, yes, we can. Yeah. All right. Um, well, awesome. Nick wrote in to wittybantershow at gmail.com just like you can. We would love to hear from you guys. But if you want to consume the banter in any other way, you can follow Witty Banter. We are at Witty Banter Show on Twitter. I myself am at Bodacious Chase. Hunter is at Diesel Dorset. Mm-hmm. We also have a Facebook page. You can go to facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast. And last but not least, if you go to iTunes and search Witty Banter, you can subscribe to us and download us. Every time we – like the minute after we post a show, it will end up in your download queue. You can listen to us right after it's the easiest way to get the get the show, get the yes. thing. Um, also, wittybantershow.com if you can download it from there. Boom. That's we got one. all kinds yeah. of avenues. Six things you can – For you You've bit, got no excuse. For you bitches, yeah. we got six avenues. Um, I had a fantastic time on this episode. Really this good shit. great episode. We so, got uh, to gotta give our reviews. Dude, I am so quick to not review the beer. I don't know what the deal is, but I have to remind you now. Thank God <laughs> you're here, Hunter. <laughs> Why don't you go first? Because I went first last okay. time. Okay, it is opened up a lot. It is it is warm now. Yes, it is very warm. And what is what does that mean for you? So, I think the carbonation from it from it opening up has died down, which is great. I'm glad that that happened. Okay, I'm still getting the uh, spice in the forefront. I'm still getting a little bit of floral mid mid taste. I don't, I honestly don't get any hop. Really? I don't get any bitterness at all from this beer. Well, hop doesn't mean bitterness. That's almost how I how I've been transcribing it. Let me let me tell you why. Cuz I know there's different kinds of hops. There's, there's hop, like citrus hops yes. and all There's hop things. aromas and there's hop taste. When a hop, but hops are bitter, but when you want your beer to be bitter, you put the hops in at the very beginning of the boil and you're basically the way I remember it is like you're boiling the bitterness out of it and you get almost no flavor from it. So you put them in super early in the boil, and that gives you a shitload of bitterness just because you want your beer to be bitter. So do some beers 
Like stone. Stone is just pure right. bitter. They just put it in it right at the beginning. Yeah, they're like, here's right. a shitload of hops in the beginning. Are there any are there are there beers that like do double double brews as far as like putting hops at the beginning and then ending up with a hot brew at the very end? Oh yeah, dude, you'll find some. So that they'll are... have like a lot of the smell, but then it came through in a little bit in the beginning. You know, it wasn't just Yeah, like... no, you'll have you'll have some beers that are extremely bitter. They also taste of hop and they also smell of hop. Yeah. You know, they did it all. So Right. Okay, so yeah, well I'm not I mean, of uh, I'm just almost, so you got no I'm hoppiness. not even getting hoppy. Yeah. Okay. And um, I think it's good. I think it's um, I think it's still smooth. It definitely made me feel it. The ten percent, ten percent hit me. So, but I'm not blown away by it. I'm still not exactly. And, um, I think that I think that it has you know, it 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 surprised me for Sam Adams. But of the of the other drinks that we had, I don't think that it measured up to some of the ones that we've had. Mm-hmm. So the number I'm gonna give this one, I'll give it an eight. An eight, mm. really? So it's a great beer. No, I, 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 nine is great. No, I think nine's me. amazing. <laughs> Ten is masterpiece. Nine is amazing. Eight is great. <laughs> Seven is okay. Or okay. no, seven's good. Seven's good. Six is okay. Five is average. Four okay. is mediocre. Three is bad. Two is horrible, and, si- and one, one is the worst thing you've ever had. Ever yeah. worth drinking? Okay, <laughs> that was all ten right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for laying out the scale. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't want to say this is a great beer. Yeah. I think it's just under a great beer. I'll put seven point five on. Seven point five. Okay. So for me, um, the way the beer opened up is. Um, I smell the hop a little bit. The taste is almost entirely spice now. I feel like we lost a lot of complexity as it warmed up. I think the complexity was there when it was cold because it was more subdued. And as it maybe I they, agree, with maybe you. they did too much spice. And if they would have like held off that complexity, it wouldn't have taken over so much. So all I get here is I get like a semi-thick that. F- beer that kind of finishes fairly clean, not super crisp and doesn't linger on too long, but it finishes okay. But it's the majority of it is spice. The aftertaste is sweet and the smell is like one tenth of a hop. So But it was easy to drink for a ten percent beer. Which also That's that's true. So that's yeah. Why, that's why I was verging more on the eight, because I wanted to give it its due diligence as far as you know, we had its a certain expectation for it and at least fulfilled some of the expectations. So that's, I guess that's why I did mine. So with that in mind, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. This beer is good. I probably won't have it again. But if someone like says, hey, have you had this beer? I'm like, yeah, man, it was pretty good. Like if you like spice and high and you want to get drunk, go yeah. for it, you know. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay, so there it is. Um, that's been episode number 19. Good. Hey, so what are we going to do for the 20th episode? I don't episode, know, man? dude. We're not doing anything special, people who listen. Fuck you guys. <laughs> we would never do something like that. Until next week, we will see you guys later. Thanks for listening, and we fucking love you. We love everyone who listens, so thank you. Yes. Good night, guys. Bye. Have a great day. We do for your patient and the rubbing shifts. Isn't that good to tell you, people? Get in it. <laughs> <laughs>